Welcome to another episode of Sim Sundays. This is episode number 43. We are almost at that magic 50 number, Tom. Very close. Today, uh, you know, we get another F1 content creator on the show, and we were able to ask a unique set of questions this time. Tom, you just mentioned actually before this that, uh, you know, we went a little bit off the normal beaten path for creators, which was very nice. Yeah, this was so. um, this was a great episode, and it was really refreshing to kind of talk about all the naff bits about being a content creator. So listen out for those. Yeah, so enjoy the show. We'll see you at the other side. Uh, thanks for being on the show. We appreciate it. I went on. through your I went through your YouTube a little bit, and uh, I got caught up in the Monaco in reverse mm -hmm. video. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, okay. I kind of have to try this now. <laughs> it looked like so much fun. Although, like when you're when you're going around the corner and you just see the line of everyone, the mm -hmm. full grid coming at you, it's like, now what? Yeah, yeah. I <laughs> like, I for when I did it, coming through the tunnel, I met them at the end of the tunnel, so I didn't realize when Arif met them in the tunnel that he was completely blind to them. So I can understand that now. Watch your back. <laughs> you're just flying through the corner. The lighting changes, bam, there's a red ball there ready to take you out. It's just, it uh, it reminds me of the old games. So in, in a lot of older games, you were able to say, okay, run this track, but run it in reverse. Mm -hmm. And that was just the normal race and you could actually do it. Now, that trend seems to be far and gone by now where they don't let you do any tracks in reverse. We're in the world of Sims, so, you know, let us have a little <laughs> bit of fun with it, right? But that that challenge was very interesting, and it makes me kind of want to just do that on all tracks. Yeah, which like it's just an interesting piece of content that I was hooked basically instantly. It was well done on that one. Well, it, that one was Arab's idea. He's been doing it for a while, so I was happy to jump on oh, okay. and uh, and and partake in that one with him. But I've done it before in the past, like way back when when I started out doing YouTube, like 2016, and you just go and do like every track in reverse and some of them are a lot of fun like it takes a while to kind of get used to them but there are some tracks that there are they are just so much fun driving in reverse yeah. they wouldn't work because of safety reasons but if they adjusted barriers and stuff like that they could be actually really good circuits the other way around as well yeah sure sure uh, i i do miss the days of being able to just run any track and just run it in reverse and you're <laughs> good to go that would be Someone needs to make a mod to to allow us to race in reverse on all of these games, right? Yeah, definitely. That'd be that'd be good fun. Let the AI as well go the other way, or or if you could do it online. <laughs> yeah. I think you, I mean you can do it online with in a same lobby, but you wouldn't be able to keep track of positions on how long the race would go. You just I guess you would just go till yeah. the fuel runs out, kind of thing. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. Um, ooh, going into the pits in reverse would be interesting. <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Welcome again. Um, you know, we did like to do this thing, and uh, actually, Tom kind of started this thing. So, Tom, why don't you introduce the the history of the person that we have on the show that we love to do so much? Oh God, okay, we've you've put me on the spot there. We've, we've not <laughs> done that in a while. We've been trying to be like oh natural, casual, just kind of like jump into natural conversation and let the viewer <laughs> just blend in as if they've just arrived at a bar and they're hearing this conversation. Uh, and now you're like ordering so... a drink and your <laughs> eavesdropping on our conversation <laughs> as we're in the pub, right? Well, so here's an interesting thing about our guests is that. A lot of our guests, especially in who kind of operate in the F1 world, tend to be multifaceted between, and this is kind of how I've always seen you, Hayden, is you kind of split yourself between F1 content and gaming content. So uh, mm. would you 
I'm going to I'm going to flip this back on you. Would you consider yourself if you were going to introduce yourself as an F1 gaming streamer or an F1 pundit? Oh, um, I'd probably because F1 pundit just sounds better, doesn't it? Like that just sounds like <laughs> no offense to everybody else because I love everybody else in the community, but it's like I've got myself to an F1 pundit stage. You know, I'm gone past the gamer part. <laughs> um, nah, like F1 pundit is just such a small part of of my life at the moment. You know, when the F1 season comes around and beaten our league comes around, um, but you know, day into day, like today, I just jumped off a stream. And I am an I am an F one gamer. Like you know, I love the game. I love playing it. I love creating content for other people. So uh, I'll happily take both titles. Yeah, I mean, who who wouldn't, right? You get to just live and breathe F one motorsport gaming. Like you know, get, get being involved with V ten R, very very cool league. Like it, 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 what you do is a lot of fun. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I can't complain. At the end of the day, when I'm not in a studio, I'm at home. I'm in this chair here. I'm racing against whoever I want to race against. I've just been doing eye racing. So I'm racing against some of the best in eye racing uh, in terms of my split. And then, you know, later on, I'll go race and do some stuff on, on the F1 game and have fun there. And then, you know, I get these great opportunities like the VTNR League where I got to jump on as a commentator, work with some really amazing people, got to meet Nick Hamilton, work alongside him, George Morgan for the first time um, and see how good he is as a commentator mm. in person and uh, steal yeah, all of his notes. He would make the notes and I would be like, <laughs> pass them over. Come on, George, give them to me. Uh, and then get great opportunities like going out to Abu Dhabi and then managing to host that one. You know, very fortunate that I got given that role to to lead present the, the finale of the VTNR League. So, uh, mm. yeah, I mean, I'm very, very lucky at the moment. There seems to be this kind of cadre of, let's say, F1 pundits, commentators, uh, sim racing streamers who all started around about-ish the same sort of era, who seemed to have developed an audience just in time for this to pick to, to pick up uh, and for these jobs like Abu Dhabi, V10R to, to come available. Obviously, um, George Morgan has, has been able to do some incredible real-world um, uh, commentary. In fact, we had him on the podcast. So if you've not listened to it yet, go we back did. and listen to the George Morgan episode. It's great. Um, so it's been interesting kind of seeing this card of people who started about that era kind of grow naturally up to this point and now you have all of these opportunities so for those who don't know tell us your story of kind of where it started what it was intended to be and then how it's kind of progressed into what it is now okay so i guess I, we have to go back to around start of 2015 i'm in my final year of college my third year failed the first one i wasn't really enjoying like school work i've never been somebody <laughs> who has enjoyed kind of sitting down there and writing and staying in one still place. Like I like to be moving about. And I know you might be saying, but in a sim rig, you're just sitting in the same spot, but you're doing something, you're active. You know, mm. there's a lot of stuff going on rather than just having to focus in one specific place. You're doing a lot of movements and it is, you know, it is exercise. I'm getting my heart rate up quite high and, and your arms right. are working. Um, but back then I, I hated all sort of school work and I was naturally gifted in a way that I could fly through my GCSEs and just not have to do really any studies and i'd get maybe the odd a but mainly b's and c's like that was fine uh, but then as soon as a levels hit no was not not a chance i think i did maths a level i think i did one of the i think i did some, some sort of science i think it was biology um and there was no chance that i was f getting through those without any so i just didn't enjoy it and the last year i was just like i'm just gonna pass i'm just gonna pass because i was watching a lot of youtube at that stage and I was like, I, I kind of want to do this. I, I wanted to be a presenter from an early 
age, I think around the sort of GCSE time, I was like, I wanted to kind of go into presenting, but I didn't really know how to get into it. And I watched these YouTubers that were entertaining an audience. I was like, I'd love to do that. But also at this time, I was playing a lot of the F1 games and, you know, I'd always just show my brother like my overtakes and go, oh, come watch this. And so I wanted to do that to a wider audience. So that's kind of how it started. I finished college. I bought up that's all my equipment. Story. Yeah, I bought up all my equipment in like the last few months of, of college. So I had it all ready to go as soon as I finished. And as soon as I finished, uh, made my channel, yeah, July, I think, June or July 2015. And since then, just been working on it um, with other opportunities as well, moving moving away from the YouTube scene, going to Veloce and then coming back to it more recently. Mm-hmm. So you say 2015, mm-hmm. but I'm looking at your YouTube channel right now and I scroll to the bottom of all the latest videos and it only goes back to a year ago. Why did you, I guess, purge all the videos before <laughs> that time? Uh, it's because it was a different kind of me. Uh, back then it was a lot of career modes and stuff like that. And it's content that I'm proud of in terms of looking back on it and saying that's where I was and I'm so much better than where I was back mm-hmm. then. And it's not necessarily out of embarrassment of people looking back at that and going, oh, God, he was awful back then. Like, that's that that's fine. Like, we grow, like, I'd much rather people look at that and go, wow, look at the difference. The way you sound, the way you can actually, like, present yourself to an audience is, is so much right. better. But for me, especially more recently, I've gone with a new direction in terms of content. I want it to be punchy. I want it to be entertaining from other YouTubers that I watch in different spaces. And I want to sort of, I've looked at those, I've kind of emulated their stuff and been like, okay, that stuff does really well. I, I enjoy watching that. I want to make something that I would enjoy watching. Um, and in terms of the thumbnails and stuff like that, I've worked a lot closer to sort of improve those. So that stuff was all kind of like left behind. It was, it was content that if somebody was watching my stuff now, might mm-hmm. come across that, it might mm-hmm. turn them off from my content that I'm currently producing now. And I didn't want to do that. That's interesting. Really interesting. I don't think I've ever asked this. So as a streamer, what other... St- so this is a classic question if you're like a songwriter mm-hmm. or like a filmmaker, like, oh, what, who's influenced your work? I don't think I've ever asked a streamer kind of what's influenced your streaming work. So you said then that you, you look back to other streamers that you watch to kind of take a bit of inspiration. Who are those streamers and what did you like about them? Well, when we say streamers, I'm not necessarily a person who watches Twitch a lot. Like I, I do it, I enjoy it, and it's easy to then create content from that and engage with an audience and then take that content and post to other social platforms but youtube is something that i've always been heavily invested in way back in 2015 it's always been if if i could only work on one platform it would be youtube i would happily Mm -hmm. give up all the other ones and solely focus on youtube if if that was a choice that was presented to to me at, at, at any point um so people in terms that i'm watching at the moment i'm a big pokemon fan like i love anything pokemon and i watch a lot of pokemon youtube and there's a guy called pm7 who i watch a lot of his content I really enjoy it and it's stuff that I look at that and go okay I would like to sort of emulate and create that but in an Mm. F1 space and it's how I've kind of operated over all the years through everything that I've done way back in 2015 up to doing stuff and making content pieces for Veloce everything I've taken I've looked at stuff that has worked elsewhere and I've been like how do we twist this and how do we make this into an F1 piece of content. That's That's interesting so you've been doing this since about 2015. How have you seen that the landscape has changed? Because 2015, streaming and content creation, while YouTube was, it's been popular for quite some time now, but streaming was a little bit more niche back then. Mm -hmm. And it seems like, at least from my outside perspective, it seems like the streaming space has gotten so much more 
produced, if you will, almost like the the barrier to entry is very low, yep. but the barrier to perfection is so high now that it's much more difficult to attain than it was in 2015. How has that changed your overall approach? Yeah, definitely. I mean, 2015, I I didn't stream at all. Like it was just YouTube content. I would just make videos, and I remember actually Makes back sense. then that people would ask me just like, "Oh, you should go on Twitch," and I was just like, "I." I didn't fancy being live because at least then I wasn't confident growing up and speaking in front of a camera, it took a lot of takes. Like I remember my brother or my yeah. sister would be in the room next door. I'd hear them laughing or they'd take the mick out of me like after I'd done because I just go through so That's many. That's not going to help. No, exactly. Like, it's, the not, it's not going to help. But I just go through so many takes of like an intro. Um, so I was a little bit more afraid of going live and okay. not knowing how I would be able to deal with it. Uh, now I, w- I wish I, I would have done it because now I'm very much for maximizing every different social platform that you can be on. Um, but back then, so I probably would have told myself, just do it. Like if you start here, it's going to be better. Same as when you did YouTube, you weren't good at it, but you're going to grow yeah. and you're going to get better. Um, but yeah, that's terms... the general advice for mm-hmm. any advice video out there. They're like, just do it. Like yeah. in the beginning, no one's going to care anyway. So just start like, just get used to it and, and start your career, if you will. You know, it's uh, it's very interesting how it's changed recently. So you say all platforms. And yes. now I'm curious, how many platforms do you actually broadcast to and then publish to? So I stream on both YouTube and Twitch, not at the same time because they come down on you for that. But I do oh. stream uh, different times. Mm-hmm. So, for example, today, I've, this morning, I've done a stream on Twitch, which is more Twitch I kind of do is like iRacing as well as the F1 game, more open lobbies and sort of stuff where I can interact with the audience. Okay. The audience gets involved, sort of a bit more relaxed. And then the YouTube is the stuff that I want to focus more on, produce content. So we're streaming for a reason. So today we're yeah. going to be doing a career mode where if we get a single piece of damage, we then have to restart that whole career mode. And it's more of a show where the audience can get involved but I don't have to worry about like, oh, have we got enough people to jump on for open lobbies or stuff like that? It's not as relaxed. Sure. It's just a show. And then in terms of social content, I'll take the clips from the streams. I'll cut them down into shorts. I make sure I produce them to the best quality I possibly can. And it's always a fun battle with all the other content creators <laughs> because you look at their stuff and you go, okay, you've done something new. I love that. I'm going to implement that into mine or go one step further. And it's a great sort of battle. Where we all raise each other up in our content because i was the only one doing it for so long that i just kept to one single form and then some other people got involved and were doing it better than me and i was like okay i can't have this i've got to be the one back right. on top and it's, it's a good little battle to do and i'm doing those across the same piece of content that i'll upload on youtube shorts instagram tiktok and now most recently uh, on facebook as well mm, okay facebook S- controversially well, yeah, yeah it's, yeah, I feel like there's kinda... there's an audience there. Like it's more, I'd say, more of the older generation are on oh, yeah. are on Facebook for sure. But I also feel like that's only how we feel about it in maybe this country and maybe the mm. states as well. But maybe the states are more focused on Facebook as well. So I feel like in the UK, Facebook's one of those social medias that's been lost by our generation, but the later generations over here enjoy it, and I think other countries as well. It's so and. The way I've seen it, as I said, it doesn't hurt you. Like if I'm throwing the same video over to Facebook, even if it's only going to get me an extra thousand views, that's a thousand more people that have seen my stuff. a thousand more. Yeah, 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 exactly. So when you're producing short content versus long form content, what's your favorite? Like I, 
I wanted to be a content creator for a very, very long time. And I always liked the short form content because it just felt like it was, it was easier to accept a mistake in the short form mm -hmm. content and then just move on from it. Whereas, you know, a long one hour video that you've produced, you're like, oh no, there's a, there's, it's not performing well, or there's a mistake in the editing. And you're like, ah, oh, there's, just, there's just so many more things to worry about. What's your favorite type of content? Is it the shorts I'd or say, the long stuff? Yeah, I'd say at the moment shorts because I've done it for so long. I've been doing shorts now since 2021. Um, and most yeah. of the times when I'm really involved in it, I'm doing it like daily. Back in 2021, 2022, I was doing it three times a day, like three videos because I just had so much yeah. content. But back then it was easy to produce. I just clip it and then I post it. Whereas now I'm adding subtitles, I'm, I'm adding effects. There's a bit more going into it. So instead of making three a day, in that time frame, I can make one a day. Um, but I would say that as well, because the viewership for those is just massive. However, the long form stuff is where the money is. And that's how you'll be able to be more oh, yeah. self-sufficient. So that's why at the moment, the short form stuff is great. And I'm going to keep on doing that daily as much as I can. But I now need to focus on the long form stuff and maybe get somebody else to help me out on the short form. So I can focus solely on the long form to be able to make this more sustainable because yeah okay i'm i'm full-time content creation at the moment but that's mainly down to the jobs that i get doing the f1 punditry when it's off season yeah. like it is at the moment i need this to go a bit more full-time so i need to work more on the the um i was actually going to ask because um everyone's always curious at any time a content creator is <laughs> on a podcast the first question is okay are they are they a full-time content creator or do they have a day job as well that they have to manage and kind of juggle back and forth. So your full-time content creation, and then you, of course, do some other side gigs and things like that as well. Yeah, and I-, I That's cool. That's uh, yeah. that's a lot of people's dream, yeah. let's be honest. Like, how many people are out there like, oh, I'm a sim racer, I like to stream, I like to make videos, but no, I, I never wanna just do that for a living. There's no one that's gonna say that, right? Everyone would, would love to. Tom, would you love to just, you know, make content <laughs> and play play sim racing games now there's a lot more to it than that i'm i'm dumbing it down to like an <laughs> ultimate simple version but like playing f1 and stuff it's kind of cool that you get to do that for a job tom would you enjoy that you'd say <laughs> do you know what i i would so okay I'm, I'm gonna say why i'm not sure about it and Ooh. then throw that over to hayden to see what mm -hmm. he thinks so my i've always thought about it I did a little bit of streaming like back in the other days when I was when I first started getting into sim racing I was like this is so much fun uh, I saw what streaming was about so I'm going to experiment here I was starting to come up with this idea called grid finder and it was starting to take off and I was like oh I wonder if I could do some streaming along the side and it could be part of the community and blah 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 blah, blah. but <laughs> so I've considered it I've thought about it but my issue has always been that feeling of being slave to the algorithm constantly having to work up to the platform's wants and needs versus your own and the idea of slaving over some really like long form content that you spend hours in production and you you, you get it exactly as you want it and just i don't want to i'm not going to the hijack this question but there's the, just to give you a quick example chris hay great great um content you know he does mm -hmm. lots of uh, guides lots of a set of courses lots of mod stuff we raced with him in the real world last year in the enduro car uh, series and he put in so much effort to film the the race weekends and he was doing interviews with people he, we, he was setting up gopros between sessions like working absolutely flat out to get this content and it came out and his little kind of two-part documentary on this series was just so beautifully shot so well put together a real joy to watch but because it didn't fit in with his general 
kind of audience, mm-hmm. it tanked in terms of numbers. And I thought, bloody mm-hmm. hell, he's put all that work in. You know, it's a real piece of art and it, he's not got the the, out, the the outcome that he would have wanted. And it's not because of the content, it's because of the algorithm. And I think that's in the back of my mind. Yeah, I, I totally understand that because, you know, I know people who will just spend their whole day in their bedroom working, working, working. I think Arif is a great example. I think he's definitely learned to manage his life a lot better now. But I remember when I first met him, it was just a case of on to the next one, on to the next one, just like video after video after video that he would rarely get time for himself. Um, but he's honestly, he's been he's been amazing at managing because I remember he was managing like a third year master's um engineering degree at the same time he was doing youtube at the same time so wow if anyone knows how to do it it's him but yeah you can definitely sort of become that like it was yesterday was easter monday and i spent the whole day editing a long form video to get it out for that day so you do have to be in that that rhythm of just like accept it especially at the start because i feel like i'm again starting out i know i've been doing it for ages but i've taken a long break from youtube because i was doing other stuff i was working for veloce then we were doing live fast stuff and then i was doing the punditry and now I'm coming back to it and being like, okay, this is something I want to grow and have on the side and always be able to yeah. come back to. So I feel like I am starting from scratch again. Um, so you kind of, with the, the Veloce, um, I was about to call it a sidestep. It's not really a sidestep, is it? Because it's so intrinsically linked with everything else you've been doing. But going off to work with Veloce and, and taking this career outside of your bedroom and into kind of like a bigger organization and, you know, you've probably, you probably had like a weekly meeting, maybe two brainstorming (laughs) sessions. Like what did you, what did you learn going through that process going from like solo freelance creator to okay, part of some kind of bigger organization? What, like what, which bits of that will you bring back with you now that you're kind of going solo again? I I definitely learned a lot. I learned a lot from some really great people who work in this space. Um, You know, I got a great chance to work closely with the likes of Tomo and Aldas um uh matt amy's as well who was our producer as well as having a channel that's doing really successfully for him um but being in that environment there was a lot of people to learn from like thumbnails and stuff like that and how that is so important because before back then i was very much i would just kind of put something really quickly together and throw it up it would just be a a picture of a of the gameplay maybe a little bit Mm. of text over top and then that was it that was how i used to do them and that's why a lot of the time reason is why i've hidden so many videos from back then because a lot of stuff just doesn't sure. work with the channel anymore of where it is today. Um, so that's how I used to do it. And the editing as well. I would just barely leave out stuff where I'm not really talking or anything like that. So now I know that it's got to be a lot punchier and that's how we work and that's how we, we get the videos to be as, as short as possible. Mm. But there's a lot going on because you don't want to leave any dead air because that gives a viewer a chance to switch off in that instance. So I definitely learned a lot. I learned a lot on the other side of reasons why I don't want to be working for a company anymore and why I wanted mm-hmm. to go freelance and why I wanted to be uh, working for myself. So it, it was good on both, yeah. good on, on some ways and also bad in other ways. Um, but yeah, I've learned a lot from being there. So help out aspiring content creators then if they've, you know, there's there's all sorts of content creation jobs that get posted um, online on LinkedIn. There's, there's a lot, well, there isn't a company in the world that doesn't see the value now in content creation as a, as a branding and marketing exercise. So there's lots of opportunities now. So for somebody who was considering, let's say they're, they're into sim racing, motorsport, online racing games, it doesn't have to be sim racing as such. Um, and they want to get into content creation within that space. What would you say are the main pros and cons between just giving it a go yourself, 
and going and working with a with an organization like Veloce first? Um, yeah, I'd say if you're doing well, if you're if you're if you're if you're seeing progress and you're seeing your stuff develop, and that is the main reason why someone would pick you up. If somebody is looking at your stuff and wanting to pick you up, you are clearly doing something right. And if mm. you feel like you can do it by yourself, do it by yourself. If you are needing the budget or the backing from a company or whatever to help you out or to work with people or sponsors and stuff like that, then it is it's worthwhile. But look at what is in your contract, because I know stories from other people that have happened yeah. in the past where companies will just go. And I feel like when I first started, there was MCMs were quite popular back then, but they don't they're not popular now because they don't really do anything for your channel. You basically sign your channel up to something and they'd say, oh, we get you more sponsorship deals mm. and we, we yeah. can give you, um, you can be affiliated with a company so you can use uh, copyright-free music in your videos. And that was the only right. thing that was beneficial was the copy-free movie. They'd take a percentage of your earnings. They'd also, you would find that your CPM was doing a lot worse than when you were solo compared to being with somebody mm -hmm. else. They're not really finding you the sponsors that they promised you um and they don't actually find you sponsors elsewhere outside of the actual adsense to then work with you as well so really a lot of the time these companies can just sign up with you take your money and that's it and i feel like a lot of people kind of get drawn into this because i feel like content creators come from such an early age like a lot of people start doing it when they're around their 15 16 sort of time i mean i was a little bit older i think i was 19 but i was still clueless i think at that age sometimes you can just still be clueless especially if you've not really got anyone to talk to or find more knowledge of stuff like that so you do have to be careful in this space and just look at it and see is it worthwhile for, for both parties really so mm -hmm. can you put your finger on the point at which people started to reach out to you so you said then that you know people if you're good enough people will notice you Mm -hmm. So can you put your, your finger on a point where, a, a, um, you know, a subscriber number that you hit or a views number that you hit in a particular video or a collaboration you did with somebody. And that was the point at which you then started to get external interest in what you were doing. I'd say I'm, I'm quite difficult to, to answer that because I've been so up and down, like my channel started to <laughs> semi blow up a little bit back in 2016 when um, I got a good sort of help out from from Arava and a guy called Cal HD who was doing uh, YouTube back then at the time. And so this channel started picking up and I was getting emails, but they were coming to me and you're just kind of unsure. Like, are these opportunities legit or are they scams? Like at that point, I just did not know. And yeah. it's only recently that these have started to come in again because now my channel is starting to do well again that now I'm like, okay, the person who's emailed me, I'll look them up on LinkedIn. Okay, I can find out that they do work for that company. This is mm -hmm. legit. This is real. Um, so yeah, for me, it started off a little bit back then. And then I signed with an MCN. I was a stupid person who signed with an MCN. They took my money uh, because I thought that it was the right thing to do at the time. Um, mm -hmm. And then, Did anything good come of that? Did, was there any positives from that experience? Not really. I, I don't know okay. whether the... I, <laughs> I thought, <laughs> yeah, nothing, <laughs> honestly, nothing came from it at all. And I don't know if the CPM has got a lot better for YouTube because I look at my earnings now and I look at my earnings then and I'd say I'm probably doing... Uh, I'm doing more views now than I was back then. But in terms of video views, I can kind of work out how much different yeah. lots of money. And I was getting so much less back then yeah like, it was crazy so they definitely took a lot of uh a lot of the percentage of of my earnings from that and i just sort of signed up to it because everyone was doing it at the time and i thought it was the right thing to do
Well, because you kind of feel like you've made it because someone mm -hmm. shows interest and mm -hmm. wants you. And at that point, you're just so excited that someone actually approached you and wants to use you as a as a content creator. You're like, oh, I made it. I did it. Uh, this is, this is the pro. trophy I've been yeah, looking for. Yeah. I'm now a pro. <laughs> right, exactly. So you mentioned that you kind of have been up and down, and obviously you're kind of restarting your journey again. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like it's easy or it gets easier each time that you're kind of on that uptick mode where you know more, you know exactly what you want and why is it easier to be, or why would it be easier? Do you think? I think it's just a case of learning as you go. I think a lot of people start out like when yeah. start, stuff started doing well back in 2016, I didn't change my content. I just uploaded the same things and I, I wasn't trying to improve my content. Okay. I was like, okay, this is going well. I'm just going to keep it as it is. Whereas now... Just keep doing more of what I'm doing. Yeah, right? exactly. I'm just like, oh, this is... So I'd be throwing up as many videos as possible. Be like, ah, this is clearly what they like. So I'm just going to keep on going as much as possible and, <laughs> and work myself into into an early grave. Um, but like <laughs> now, I would say, because stuff again is on the up, because I think I've been consistent with my shorts content and YouTube's really liking that. And I'm now looking elsewhere at, okay, how do I maximize this youtube's gonna like it if i live stream on their platform as well and work on longer form videos and what makes a good long form video as well how can i keep the retention up as much as possible how can i get the click-through rate as high as possible whereas before yeah. i wouldn't look at that stuff i wouldn't i wouldn't look at all and it's only really been recently that i have started to look at that so i'd say every time it comes back up or every time that i've, I've got myself back into into the youtube I, i've learned a little bit from what i've done before and I've taken that experience and I have bettered myself, I suppose. That makes sense. And there's, there's, there's a lot of conflicting information, I think, on YouTube, especially as soon as you start talking about algorithms, so so. everybody thinks mm. they know the algorithm. And everyone's yeah. like, oh, you need to do this. You should do that. Never, ever, ever do this. And always, always, always do that. And then somebody <laughs> else will say the, like, the complete opposite. Um, so I figure a lot of it is just a case of filtering the information as it comes in and applying your own experiences. And you probably have a bit of a network of people that have been successful in it. And therefore their opinion is slightly more weighted than, you know, random user on Twitter telling you what you <laughs> shouldn't do for your thumbnail and or tags or hashtags or whatever. So where, where would you go to, or where would you advise a new content creator an aspiring content creator goes to, to research some of these basics? Hmm. To research some of the basics, I I think there are there are videos on YouTube that can help you um, in terms of learning the basics. Um, but I'd say most of the time it's just got to come from your own learning experience. Like I can listen. Tomo's a close friend. He always helps me out. He's a great graphic designer. He can help me out on thumbnails, um, and he can tell me which direction to go. That's great. But he he also has experience of doing live streams on youtube and it's not hurt his channel whereas i'll speak to other people and they go oh yeah but i'm pretty sure if i started doing live streams it's going to hurt my channel and my videos and they're going to reduce a lot less viewers because i'm doing all this different stuff mm. and whereas and same with the short stuff like people don't like to put their shorts on their same channel because they think that they're that's the only viewership and yes that is true that if people just keep on watching your shorts content they're only going to be watching your channel for that but you have to kind of like tailor your main content to work together. So for example, if I was doing shorts, which are the highlights from my streams, so the really intense moments of my streams, that's what the shorts mm -hmm. are. If I were then to do my long form comment content as me barely talking, just doing the the races, like it's a really good race, but I'm barely talking in it. 
and it's a lot of dead air. The viewer is going to look at that who's enjoyed my shorts content, look at them at my video and go, well, this is boring. This is not what I'm into. And they click off. Mm -hmm. That's why my content has to reflect that. And that's why I have to get rid of as much dead air. If it's not relevant to the story, if it's not relevant to the the actual point of the video, that's got to go and just make it as quick as punch as possible so that viewer doesn't get a chance to click off because one thing's happening to another, to another, to another. And then obviously the live streaming is a bit different, but it's where that they, if they do enjoy both of those, they can see that in real time. And it's just a case of just, I think for me, there's no reason not to be streaming on on YouTube. It doesn't hurt me. It doesn't, at the moment, it doesn't make it that bad or it's going to ruin my videos at the moment. So right. I'm just like, I might as well do it, give it a go. And it's doing the same numbers on Twitch. So there's no reason for me not mm. to do it on either side. So, you know, there's a phrase that we've used a couple of times in this podcast where we talk to people who get to work in, in sim racing and we kind of acknowledge that it's a dream job. And a couple of times I've said that phrase and I'll say, you know, when we were going to school, teachers said that you can't make a living playing games all day. <laughs> and I'm like, well, look, here, here we are now. Uh. But actually, actually, you're clearly not playing games all day. You're clearly having to do quite a lot of, like, as a percentage, just from what you're saying here, I'm imagining that actually playing the games is kind of maybe 30%, and 70% is, you know, thumbnail creation, editing, mm -hmm. writing descriptions, you know, looking up um, kind of trends that you want to follow in terms of short, short content, speaking to other content creators, working on collaborations like the F1 Content Creator Series, working with partners like you know veloce or or corresponding with v10r league about stuff so i suppose as much as i like to say it you know look at look at us teachers we are we are making <laughs> living playing games all day actually the reality is of a, mm -hmm. of a of a streamer is that it's almost the 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 smallest part of the job is actually the, the streaming bit and yet that's the bit that has like to use a sim racing phrase like the contact patch almost with the audience is that very crucial 30 percent yeah yeah i i agree i suppose it is a case of that that you know it is such a small part like i would say i only really play games when i'm streaming and i'm live for you know maybe six hours one day so maybe that's a total of four four days a week and i don't do six hours every day two days i do three hours two days i do six hours mm. so it's a very right. small percentage of the week um, actually a lot of people probably listen to that and be like that is a lot you get to, it is you, a lot you get you you get to do a lot of gaming well yeah <laughs> it is yeah, a I lot mean... but i think that other people in the in their evenings also play uh if, if somebody's going home and playing three hours of games every single night after they finish mm. work or whatever it equates to maybe about the same amount of time and it's stress-free gaming right they can just do yeah they they, want, they game they and then yes. and then when it's done they're done yeah you game and then when it's done you're like okay now i have 12 to 20 hours of work yes ahead of me <laughs> yeah, after yeah. that yeah <laughs> but it's it's all good it's all enjoyable and i think because i enjoy what i what i'm doing i'm actually really enjoying like like i said before i did not like thumbnail creation i just slap a photo from in game <laughs> bit of text on top that was it done whereas now i'm really enjoying it looking at it create one i'm like do you know what actually i can that that i don't i'm not happy with that it's not it's not as bright it's not as bold the colors are not as saturated enough mm. or or i'm not sure I'm, I'm it's too messy or, or whatever so then i go back and i fix it i think there was a video that i did with arab which was where we both have to get our teammates as high up the order as possible and beat the other person's teammate that was the purpose mm. of the video and I sent him over the first thumbnail and um, I also sent it over to my girlfriend. She's always a great help. I just go, what do you think of this? And she'll always tell me 
what she's thinking. She'll be straight up with it, which is what I need sometimes go. because I'm thinking it, but I need somebody else to tell me to actually do do what I need to to make the change. Validate so your criticism. Yeah, if you will. yeah. So yeah. she looked at it and went, "It doesn't really reflect the video because it was just our two faces and two cars in the middle." And she was like, "I don't mm -hmm. really know what the video is about. Just looking at that thumbnail." So I was like, "Okay, that's perfect. That's exactly what I was thinking." So I changed it again, put my face and Yano's face on on two cars in the background, had Ara's face nice and big, and then a bit of text saying, uh, come on, teammate. And then I still wasn't happy with that, so I then got rid of the grass on the side, added more, uh, added a stock photo of grass and a sunny sky to like make it a lot bolder, <laughs> and yep. then I was finally happy with it. But that's the sort of thing that I now enjoy, whereas before I would hate doing that. So I think if you enjoy doing that aspect, then it becomes a lot easier editing for mm. me is something i don't necessarily enjoy i find it very similar mm. to being more uh back at school kind of like i'm sat in the same yeah. spot i'm having to focus it's very easy to get distracted all it takes is pick up my phone to reply to a message the next thing i know i'm scrolling through tiktok or something because i've just got the distracted. editor's just sitting there doing so nothing <laughs> yeah but that sort of you stuff. can actually you can see your evolution in your thumbnails. Now that you say that, I scrolled down mm -hmm. and just kind of scrolled slowly through the history of your thumbnails. And you can see where it's almost like you started caring a little bit more. Yeah. And then the next row is a little bit more. And it just you can see this evolution in in how you not only cared a little bit more, but you can see the enjoyment kind of increased mm -hmm. more and more here. So obviously the enjoyment probably also comes with a good response to the video. So if people are clicking it, you're like, oh, it's working. Yeah. I now like thumbnail making, you know? Yeah. So that's that's a very cool evolution to see, which is, which is kind of why there's two worlds of thought here when it comes to old archival content. Because one thing that, that I do enjoy is, for instance, I really enjoy Dr. Disrespect mm -hmm. <clears throat> watching him. And you go back and you look at some of his first videos and they're like, his first videos he hasn't purged anything well it doesn't seem like it and they're terrible they're so terrible yeah. that <clears throat> it's almost motivating to a certain extent if you ever want to become a content creator because you're like look how he started and look at what we have now you know if you enjoy his content of course it's it and then there's the other one which is your point of view where you're like well i don't really want that to be uh contrary to what my mm -hmm. channel is about and i can see both angles here and your channel's very, very well organized, and it's very pointed. Mm -hmm. Is there a secret channel somewhere out there <laughs> that has some of your other stuff sitting out there in the in the bowels of the internet, bowels. if you will? I mean, is there is there a secret Hayden channel <laughs> that uh, I can search out somewhere? There's nothing that will have all that content. That will be on that channel, and it's just unlisted at the moment. Um, it's just unlisted. There okay. are other channels Shadow I've tried. Hayden. Yeah, I've tried <laughs> multiple times to try and expand, but I feel like I've always done it too early. I feel like I've always, I've not okay. excelled in my niche enough to then go and do other stuff. Like I remember back when I first started 2016, I then started to try daily vlogging. I didn't do anything. And it, you can see where why it stopped because it would just be like, I'm in my room and then yes. I'm going to do some <laughs> editing. Oh, and now it's bedtime. <laughs> there was a lot really going on um, for that right. sort of stuff. And I tried recently as well to do a few different kind of series because like I, I worked up with Tomo and Aldas who do a lot of content that is very much we talk about Formula One we write mm. scripts we talk about it and I thought okay I'm going to try and do stuff alongside with them because I'm working with them at the moment I love what they do and um, I would like to sort of join that group even further of us all doing very similar content 
and it just for me it it i didn't find enjoyment out of it because i like i said i don't like sitting down and writing it takes right. it takes mm. too much focus and i always get procrastinated and i would always be so yeah. rushed because i did a series that was like this week in f1 where i'd talk about what just happened in the week of f1 put a funny spin on it um and it was just so rushed because i'd have to get it out as soon as possible after the f1 weekend for it to be relevant anymore and i didn't oh, i didn't yeah. enjoy that sort of aspect um that makes things. sense so, there are other channels out there but um there's a lot of unlisted stuff mm. <laughs> unlisted stuff all over the place exclusive so... content for the, uh, the hayden gullis only fans <laughs> right all the unlisted content indeed i mean right. there, the there are there are ones that where i was shirtless but you only see from here up so it's uh, not okay quite, it's not quite right <laughs> liam the producer is listening that that's the title of the episode okay exclusive <laughs> access to the hayden gullis only fans <laughs> right so... Todd mentioned being a slave to the algorithm at at one point during mm -hmm. the during the show, but you're very pointed in F1 content. Do you at all ever feel like you're a slave to your niche? Mm, yes, I do, because like I say, I do have other interests, and Pokemon being one of those that I'm massively mm -hmm. interested in. Me and my girlfriend both love it, and we have recently just started a channel together where we're opening pokemon cards as oh, content nice. um and we're the just kind of giving it a go the popularity of opening pokemon cards is on mad. youtube is <laughs> insane yeah it is it is mad it's just something that we both enjoyed together and i've already yeah. taken one of my hobbies and turned it into a job so i thought why not try and do it for a second one but sure. because yeah. you know I have to solely focus on this. It's been more of a case of like, okay, if we're going to get this up, you're going to be the one who needs to do the editing mm. on it. And now she's recently right, got like, a really it, great job. So she's not able to put that much time into it. So the videos are going to be more far and in between. And like you yeah, say, it's because I'm sense. more of a slave to, to F1. that I'm like, okay, I've got to be doing these two streams this day. And then this day I'm working on this video. And what comes first in your mind, the content or the analytics and by what i'm what i mean by that is if your pokemon opening videos let's say in the next two months overtook all of your racing Ooh. videos and was on a huge trajectory which would you prioritize uh i'm definitely a slave to analytics 100 okay. percent. i'm, a, I'm yeah. bad <laughs> okay, so for there's it. no pretending you'd be like right <laughs> no, see you later no, sim no, racing no, no. <laughs> i'm off into and the pokemon world it's the way you've got <laughs> I'm gonna to go work catch them all <laughs> in this space as well because the way I look at Pokemon cards, nothing's ever going to change there. I think the popularity is never going to go. I've, uh, you know, it's been 25 years and they're still popular. Whereas F1 yeah. games, we saw it massively this year. The game was a disappointment. Not a lot of that stuff added to it. And mm. it really hurt us as content creators. I had such a good month leading up to the game. And as soon as the game was released, the interest was lost and the views were massively down and it was, it was a struggle. And especially as this is our full-time job, to then yeah. have to work to something that is in somebody else's control um yeah it's a lot harder i'd still get enjoyment from doing f1 and i'd still do it but i would relax it it would be like the other way around like if the pokemon channel blew up i'd be doing pack openings every single day and i'd be mm. doing the odd stream probably gotcha. for f1 to sort of keep that audience still enjoying it. and for me i kind of i love the job that i do in terms of being the pundit and doing the racing helps massively with that because i still have the knowledge when i do go onto the show whereas if i were to leave that behind 
and not play F1 games, when it came to being on the show, they asked me a question. I'd be like, I, I don't know. I'd just have to make it up, which sometimes I'm right. good at doing, but it also helps massively when you know <laughs> what you're talking about. Right. So, so I, I want to talk about the F1 2023 um, content creator series at some point. Mm-hmm. But before we go there, I want to, I want to, I want to be very 2023 and talk wellness, right? Mm-hmm. So as a content creator, you must spend a huge amount of time in front of a screen, either playing, streaming, editing, researching, on calls, etc. You're in your studio, which, by the way, looks incredible. The background is, is absolutely <laughs> nuts. So it looks like it's a nice place to be. But in terms of you, you, it sounds like you work a lot of hours. You know, it's, a, it's, it's long days of editing mm-hmm. in front of the computer. Do you consciously try and create a balance of going outside? Are, are you active? Do you have other hobbies, like physical hobbies, outside of um, of streaming and and editing and and like YouTube, the YouTube life that you're living? Like, how, how do you balance all that? I must say, I find it difficult at the moment because, as as I've said, I've got recently back into it, and I'm very much on a hard grind to try and make this work. And I I am mindful of everything's slipping away like at the start of the year i'd just come off of um f1 esports and i was doing well for myself i didn't have to worry too much about working i knew that i was gonna have to wait until the season would pick up again i knew i'd have a few months Mm. but i was like okay i'm gonna use these months to get back into shape i'm gonna go to the gym every day and then just do the odd bit of content creation around that but my main thing in the day as long as i've gone to the gym that's it we're happy focus on eating well and, and stuff like that and then because I've kind of got to a stage where I'm like, okay, I need to get back into this to have something there when I don't have a job of doing the punditry, then I need to make sure I make this channel work. So it's kind of switched the other way. I haven't been to the gym in probably like months now, a couple of months. Um, Going outside, uh, I do go outside um, and just go for walks down to the village. Uh, but the problem is, well, like you're, you're seeing this great studio in the background, but you're not seeing the rest of it. That's just my, I'm in my bedroom. Like this is my bedroom. So a case of, is a case of getting out of bed. And then, you know, sometimes I won't even go downstairs to get myself breakfast first. I'll be straight at the desk because right. I am a slave to mm. analytics and it, and it is, is bad to say, and I am embarrassed by it, but it does. I'm, I'm addicted to it at the same time. Like it's the first thing I'll check when I wake up. It's the last thing I check when I go to bed is analytics and sort of see how things are going, which is not a good thing to do because it can, easily set the rest of your day if the analytics are bad when you wake up your mood's down the rest of the day if Mm. they're bad when you go to sleep you're then thinking about okay how can i make this better so you can't properly possibly not sleeping switch off um it's really it's really important to be honest about this as well because Mm. i think a lot of people listening will 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 have considered content creation And, and i think that's something that you probably don't assume when you see content creators like content creators by their very nature tend to be very like good humored energetic always laughing a lot you'd look into their world through the lens of a of an eight nine minute youtube video or a stream and you think they're having the best time ever but it is interesting to know you know you get out of bed straight to the computer see how the videos have done from yesterday and then it's you know do you remember to eat do you go outside for fresh air perhaps <laughs> not like it's it's you know it's <laughs> yeah. it's tough right yeah i'm very lucky that i've got a great girlfriend who looks after me and she's always on top of me like she's she's from the netherlands so She's currently back home just for a couple of weeks. So we're doing the long distance thing again for a couple of weeks. But she'll be messaging me, have you eaten? I want to see a picture of what you've eaten for breakfast, what you've eaten for lunch. So <laughs> yeah, she right. makes so sure we're at that stage. that I do eat. Because <laughs> like you say, it does get away from you. You can be so focused in an edit. And you're like, especially the way I work, it's not a healthy way of working. But the way I work, is I'm so focused on it. I'm like, 
I have to get this done now. I'm not going to stop mm. it because if I stop, then it's harder for me to get back into the editor yeah. again. So I then will just work until it's done. And a lot of the time it is bad because I will go a long time before eating. Um, and so she does have to be on top of that. And, you know, there's reasons for me to go out about and, and spend the day with her and go enjoy a, a day just relaxing and taking the time off. Whereas if mm. she's away in the Netherlands, then it's more likely that I'm going to be just working every single day. Yeah. And how about events? Do you try and get to industry events, uh, you know, perhaps like the Sim Racing Expo or yeah, Insomnia or Develop? Or do you try and get out to any kind of networking events or gaming events to see what else is going on and, and meet other people? Or is it is it very kind of, you know, you've got a bit of an, bit of an island and you've got your other content creators on Discord, but that's kind of it? I'd say it's definitely a bit of an island. I think content creation can be a lonely world. I think... It's, and I, I think it's the same for a lot of people as well. I think because I don't have a job on the side of it at the moment, I mm. can't really afford to go. And people might think, but you're a full-time content creator. Surely you've got loads of money in the bag. It's not always the case. It comes and goes. You have good mumps, you have bad mumps. Um, uh -huh. Good mumps are when I've got work doing punditry. When I haven't got that, then it's, you know, I'm having to stretch out the the wallet until until those yeah. those come back around so i can't look at that and go i i can pay myself to go there and and go for um go for a hotel or whatever and, and stay the time right um so i think a lot of content creators when they've made it and they get invited out to these things then great like i would definitely go to those <laughs> things if i got invited out to it but i'm just not in a stage where i can afford to to pay out whatever it is for tickets and I think I know TwitchCon this year clashes with Silverstone and I want to keep that open in case, you know, any sort of jobs yeah. come along for that as well. Because I know <laughs> right. usually the, the F1 game releases around Silverstone. So I've got to keep stuff like that open. So that, mm -hmm. that can also make things difficult with events. Like an event might be really far in the future that you get invited to or whatever, or, or your friends might want to make plans for. But I'm like, okay, that's going to be around when the game releases yeah. or could be around when VTNR League's back or F1 Esports. I've got to make sure I keep my days free so that I'm ready to do that because I don't want to miss out on that opportunity. Right. And I imagine then, this is a very professional segue, Chris, prepare <laughs> to be prepared to be impressed. So okay, I imagine then okay. something like F1 Content Creator Series is quite nice having this group of people who are all in that world together, experiencing these, these lows and highs. And do, do you, I know you have a lot of fun racing with these guys, but do you get a chance to speak to them about what it's like being a content creator as well? Yeah, I mean, we do the races. Uh, a lot of us just jump on uh, at the time when the race starts. I'm one of them. I barely do any practice. I'll jump on at six and we'll sure, do the race. Sure. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But we are, I do no practice, okay? <laughs> Listen here. I'm not like one of the others, like Dale, for example, who's got coaching to try and get better. There's none of that going on over here. Um, I'm too busy trying to make a thumbnail look good. Um, <laughs> nice, doing God's but, work over there. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> But then after after the race is done, we'll be on the Discord call till about midnight, maybe 1am, just chatting, just not necessarily chatting about work. Sometimes it does get to that stage, but a lot of the time we're just enjoying each other and it is the highlight of my week for sure. You know, yeah. being able to just have a little bit of time to myself where I'm just with my mates, we're having a laugh, we're chatting about, we're, we watch the race back for one so we can then talk about the funny moments from the race and, and show each other our, like, our different clips and stuff like that. And then we just sort of chat. And 
you know, there are times where we do talk and recently because, like I say, my girlfriend's gone back home to the Netherlands for a bit. I've been staying up till 4.30 in the morning chatting with those guys. Yeah. They're all <laughs> night owls. I'm not one of those people, like mm. mainly because I've probably got her and she forces me to go to bed at a reasonable, reasonable time. But yeah. they're all at 4 a.m. And I, I now understand how it gets away from you and how you can just look at the clock and go, oh, damn, like it's 4 a.m. Yeah. But we would have conversations and I've definitely told a lot of them my experiences on how my goal is to maximize the five platforms and have content on every single one of them and being like you need to start doing this if you want to put yourself out here because just putting yourself in just twitch is not sustain not necessarily okay it can be sustainable but it's not going to help you out in terms of you know find letting more people find you more sponsorship deals and more people to work with as well mm. so i we we've had some good conversations at 4 30 in the morning about yeah. that well, about work. Yeah. <laughs> well we have we've had uh dirk chocolate on the show and uh mm-hmm. obviously what he's created there is what you've all created i should say is absolutely fantastic and it's so much fun to watch because one of the problem with sim racing when you watch it generally is that you don't know any of the races and so mm-hmm. you, you it's difficult to form a relationship with them uh, unlike in f1 but the f1 content creator series because you're all content creators creators you can if you want to get to know all the the drivers so it works beautifully but i've always had this thing in the back of my mind that it must be an absolute nightmare trying to create content for 20 content creators and you put a thing in the chat like here's the new thumbnail for the for the uh the episode this weekend and everyone's like <laughs> nope nope change that don't like that change this he's got 20 <laughs> different people with 20 different experiences of content creators be like we should do this we should do that is that, is that, hodgepodge, that, is that, is that a thing uh, I wouldn't say so. Or is I think there a dictatorship being run over there? There is a dictatorship. I think Dirk's the main one in charge. I think George loves making um, uh, Photoshop edits as well. So there's a, there's a nice. section, there's a separate group, which is the cool down room, which is, has everyone. And then the management, which has the mm. people who sort of kind of originated it and started the idea and was invested in it from the beginning and uh, have an idea on it. So instead of having loads of people's inputs, it's, it's very small. Yeah. Um, I say stuff like thumbnails and stuff like that. It doesn't really get uh, put down as much because everyone's also working on their own stuff. Like I know mm-hmm. Ben wouldn't necessarily worry too much about what the creator series in terms of their actual final product of the video or the thumbnail or the stream is going too much because he's like, okay, right, I'm filming my own video here and I've also now got to get this edited for as soon as possible so that it's still relevant. So I think a lot of people as well aren't too bothered about how the actual creator series does itself they enjoy being a part of it and want it to grow as much as possible but aren't worried too much about like the analytics of 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 the channel either i I would say yeah it does sound like a social more than anything else which i think is probably why it works so well because you've got lots of very talented content creators none of whom are particularly interested that you know you'll care about it but you're not particularly driven for the, the analytics of 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 the outcome it's more about just going there and enjoying it and ironically that seems to be doing wonders for the channel (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, it's doing really well it is it's such a like i say it's the highlight of of my week taking part in those races um and whatever shenanigans happen in it because there's always great content that comes out of it like every single time yeah every single time there's there's one of those races i know that i'm going to be getting five clips out of that that are going to be usable for for social medias and a youtube video out of it as well so it's always 
so much fun to be a part of it, but also to enjoy what is going on in the moment, have arguments with people. You know, Jake <laughs> took me out in the last one. He, for some reason, believes that he was not at fault for taking me out, even though we've showed it back to him multiple times. And yeah, it's we're just not funny. taking sides here on the Sim Sundays podcast, okay? <laughs> yeah, we had, we are admittedly not stewards. We abstain whatsoever. from this conversation. You don't have <laughs> right. to be a steward. You, <laughs> it's clear as day. <laughs> so, so, go on, Chris. You mentioned that you're a workaholic almost, uh, sometimes to an unhealthy degree, <laughs> but this originated as your hobby, right? Yeah. Do you find that you don't enjoy your hobby as much as you would, let's say, if you didn't create content or are you perfectly fine and it's still like your favorite thing to do? I'd say yes and no. I'd say I still okay. enjoy it. I still really enjoy playing the game. I'll jump on, I'll do races, and I'll enjoy like I enjoy creator series. I enjoyed when I got into league racing. I'm looking forward to getting back into that when F123 um, releases. Mm-hmm. Um, and I still enjoy playing the game, and I'm going to be getting back into career modes as well when the game releases and I'm, and I'm on top of the content early on. But I would put it in the no phase as well because it's not something I do in my free time. Like Whereas before... Yeah. I would jump on and I'd be, this was, this was my pastime when I was at college. Like I'd finished college, I'd jump on, I'd be racing. I'd be enjoying it that way. Um, but now, yeah, I, my pastime is watching uh, probably something on, on a streaming platform or it's uh, playing Pokemon on my, on my switch. Like it, it's, it's yeah. adapted and it's changed. So yes, yes. That makes no. sense. Because, like, the core of it, you're still going to enjoy driving. You're Mm -hmm. still going to enjoy video gaming. But there's a weird thing that happens when you're a content creator where if you experience something amazing or something terrible, you're then like, oh, that's I got to put that up on shorts. I got to put that up on YouTube. I got to edit that down. It completely changes the I'm in the moment just enjoying what just happened rather than, you know, thinking about the content possibilities for it. Yeah, and I've I've been – there was a a stage – recently because I, i've been playing with i've been lucky enough to play with show like we've got a good friendship going and we play quite a lot when he's back in the uk and back at home he's got the free time to be playing f1 before i would just play with him because i just out the enjoyment like enjoying playing with him and then it got to a stage i was just like i'm missing out on actually some good content here so i'm not going to stream it just yeah. in case you know we've had it before where celebrities have said something dodgy and i just don't want to be and that's i don't want to mm. put him in that situation where he yeah. has to think about everything he says we can't be relaxed um so i just record them instead and all i have to do is bleep out a few swears when somebody's (laughs) taken them out but that's it but um i can then create content out of that and and it's got to that stage again where you know you're jumping on something but you'll just think oh but i can create content out of this instead of just just playing for fun you could also play for fun but you could also make the content out of it at the same time yeah it's that hard mental struggle where like you you're like oh no i'm gonna play for fun but you can't get away from that. Oh, that was an amazing moment. I need to save that. I need yeah. to put that out somewhere. You kind of have to. Your arm is twisted behind behind the content creation person, you know? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So where where do you see this going then? Where 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 like in, in a perfect world, three years time, what does this look like? What does the career look like? What does your day to day look like? Is do you have like a 
specific goal in mind because like some people we speak to are like yes i want to get here for here i really want to try and get into real f1 or i just want my channel to be self-sustaining so i can do this and make it my full-time job others like nah, just seeing how it goes like where do you <laughs> fit on that kind of spectrum <laughs> i'm always i am and i always will be ambitious i will always be the the sky is the limit and i will always be pushing it as much as possible for me uh, I have a lot of goals. There's a lot of things that I would like to achieve. I, I really enjoyed when we were doing Live Fast, myself, Tomo and Aldas, you know, going out in the world, doing in real life stuff around Formula One, mm. driving, um, got to drive an old classic Formula One car around a karting circuit. Uh, we got to go explore abandoned tracks, abandoned factories. And I would love to do stuff like that again. It was kind of like Top Gear-esque, but around Formula One. And something like that is an ambition of mine that I would love to be able to build this channel up to then be self-sustainable so that I can go focus on other projects whilst this is also still running itself. So I have a team of editors who can do the stuff for me, a, a thumbnail artist, someone working on shorts. So I just have to do the content creation in those streams and then other people do that for me. So then for the other days, I can go focus and do that. Um, another goal of mine is to keep on doing with the, the F1 Esports show, being the pundit on there, but then also take that and do presenting in the real life world of Formula One. Because as I said, presenting was something that I wanted to do from as early as GCSE time before that. So yeah. that is something that I would definitely look at to try and get my foot in the door, which I feel like I've done sort of in the F1 esports world, but I also haven't met enough people who actually work in the Formula One landscape rather than just the esports landscape to get myself even further into that. So that would be something that would be, you know, if I could go there, and then unfortunately leave this stuff behind, but have a job where I'd be for, for following the F1 calendar as a presenter. That's the dream for me. I mean, that does sound pretty magical to be fair. That does sound <laughs> nice. Yeah. <laughs> that, is, that, is a, that is a decent, that's a decent ambition. It's a, it's a decent goal to get to. And it's, it's kind of inspiring to see how many people can start because everybody by definition, okay, actually, caveat being like celebrities that have huge followings on like twitter or whatever but well, most content creators are starting from zero so to build yeah. something up yourself and then you can use that that creation to then go and do something like the f1 esports series that would, that would be a pretty uh rewarding experience i imagine yeah like you say anyone can do this no one's going to be good at it from the start i definitely wasn't i can unlist that <laughs> that first video if everybody wants and it it is not a good video i'm very monotonal and there's no do a watch along a twitch watch along twitch yeah, watch the first, the first ever stream. Video. Uh, my girlfriend takes the mic out of me for that because there's a part where i just, just like why not and she just takes the piss anytime <laughs> oh, there's yeah. actually a pokemon called why not like it's it's named like that so anytime that pops up yeah nice. she rips me for That's it that's hilarious but, um, it wasn't good and don't worry if you don't feel like you're good enough back then because the more you do it the more you're going to grow and you know the world is your oyster you can do whatever you want if you put your mind to it sometimes you do have to go down different avenues like i had to go down the veloce route because my own channel wasn't working and i was working too much in my mm -hmm. part-time job then at tesco so i had to then find work at an organization and i was working behind the camera making the ideas for content creation i was the content manager and then went into, you know, oh, we need someone to be on camera. I'll, I'll do it. I'll do it. Okay. Get my yeah. foot in the door there. And then I'm in more and more. And then I became the mm. face of that company to then be a point that I'd be working with uh, some great creators doing the live fast stuff. And then it got to a stage where I could then do that for myself. And because I was doing that, 
I got on the Vitanar League and then that got me onto the F1 Esports. So there's the, the, the pathway is never clear. You can never look no. and go, I'm going to get from here to here and this is how I do it. Sometimes you're going to go off on different directions that you think, oh, maybe I've, maybe this isn't the right thing to get me to there, but it can come back around if yeah. you can use it to your advantage. You've just got to keep stepping forward for these opportunities and eventually mm-hmm. it leads you to, to where you're at now. So, that, I mean, that's a beautiful place to to finish up on um hayden thank you so much for your time it's been really interesting really interesting to, to hear about like the the very real side of being a, a content creator and how it's you know it's not it's not all just playing games contrary to what i keep saying on this podcast um so, <laughs> well, yeah it, thanks for being thanks yeah. for being so honest what's uh, where should people find you what should people be watching of yours uh, in the coming weeks as they listen to this podcast uh, you can find me on all socials as just Hayden Gullis uh, across YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. And if there's something that you want to look out for, me and Arava, uh, big F1 content creator, have got a series called the Arava Hayden Trophy where we go up against each other on various different challenges. So go check that out. Beautiful. Beautifully said. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> yeah, thank you, Hayden. That was That was a fabulous show. Thank you for having me on. Welcome back. That was fascinating it was it was really refreshing to hear hayden be very very honest about the hours that he works the fact that he's in his bedroom with the you know with the curtains shut and doesn't doesn't get any fresh air and like uh, you know that's not every day and obviously he also said that he absolutely loves his job but it is interesting especially if you're an aspiring content creator to listen to that and be like okay it's good to be kind of what's the phrase forewarned is forearmed uh, I haven't heard that one, no, okay. but it probably <laughs> like since I was a creator before, it's nice to know that the struggles that you go through are just like the normal struggles mm-hmm. that even the ones that you perceive as to be the bigger creators, they've also gone through that trial by fire, if you will. Yeah. I also um, I was kind of really uh, enjoying how passionately he was talking about kind of I suppose what most corporate um careers would would refer to as like a in career training or like cpd Mm. or like essentially like continuing to consciously learn about the craft not being like okay well i've got this many followers now i know what i'm doing so i'm just gonna keep doing he's constantly thinking of new ways to improve his his thumbnails and like his videos and his editing and stuff i thought that was kind of inspiring it was inspiring and it's also kind of interesting that he did content creation didn't really get to the point where he wanted to, went and did something in the world of content creation to grow himself a little bit and then came back to it again. So, yes, like it's a proper know, it's like A-B like, test, isn't it? It's, yeah. Uh, okay, this isn't working. Let's try something else. Okay, that's that's not working. Andy didn't enjoy it by the sounds of it. So let's go back and take all those learnings with him. I enjoyed it. It was great. It was a great episode. A lot of personal growth for him and just good for all the aspiring creators out there to to hear the relatable kind of conversation that we had so once again thanks for listening to the show hopefully you enjoyed watching or listening whatever your platform of choice was we'd like to thank our sponsor track racer as always if you want to upgrade your rig or change something go ahead and go to trackracer.com or if you're looking for a league to race in any day of the week any simulator that you want go to gridfinder.com to find the perfect league for you or Also, if you're a league owner, go over there, list your league, get those drivers searching for you, and fill up your grids so that you're not running smaller grids than you want to. Other than that, that'll do it for this episode of Sim Sundays. We will see you next week, and have a good one. Goodbye.